So, hi. This podcast is recorded in a house with animals, one of whom is insistent that he wants love right this second. So, everybody say hi to Sergey before Sergey says hi to the microphone. The chickens are all asleep in their beds or on their perches or however that's supposed to work. And that's that. There will probably be dog interruptions. The other thing to mention is that we swear a lot. I don't know where Ursula's swearing right now. I'm about to swear at Sergey because he just, like, made the screen do something. Didn't impact the recording. That's what's important. So, remember, we try to keep this PG-13, and we will not do anything naughty, at least verbally, on the podcast. Um, That didn't sound right at all, did it? We'll swear, but we're not going to, you know, suddenly go into an in-depth discussion of the sex lives of platypuses or something. No, for that you want our other one of our other podcasts. I don't actually know anything much about the sex lives of platypuses. And now we have to research before we do the next KUEC. <sighs> Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 106. 106. Or maybe it's 105. I should look. That would be helpful. I think it's 105 actually. And I might have just Oh, Sergey, you're not helping. Sergey's being healthy. He really is. He is. Uh, he is good at that. He is. Uh, he just. Uh, all right. Fine. I'm going to pick him up. I'll fix the the episode number once I know what it really is. Since we're still a little frazzled. Frazzled yes. is a good turn. We were at a convention all weekend, yep. and it was lovely and good and long and exhausting, and involved a lot of time on our feet. Did. And having to make executive decisions about things, and you did a great job, though, with uh, the parade. Oops. Oh, uh, I it, it's a furry convention. I assisted mm-hmm. in the smallest way with the fursuit parade, right? Which is basically standing at the end and uh, pointing people into one of two doors and telling them they. Did a great job, and there was cold water inside. You're basically a cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. And, and signpost for about, what, an hour? About an hour. Yeah. You know, maybe a little more. He says, trying to find something to reference the appropriate episode number. High-fiving people in giant fursuits. And that's that's one of my favorite things. No, don't fall. I just, oh. And moving my bag, I've knocked over a chair. So it's going to be like that tonight. Apparently we're going to have one of those shows. Yeah, it looks like it. it and it's a like letters it. show, so this will be even more exciting. There aren't that many letters. By the end of the episode, we're just going to be like huddled in fetal position, <laughs> weeping about productivity while furniture falls. Uh, you know, it won't be the first time that's happened to me. And so, yeah, it's it's a thing that happens. So, yeah, this is episode 105, and I guess I, I did the wrong thing somewhere. Anyway, we'll roll with that. So, yeah, no, and the thing is that there's a lot of lead-up organization that goes into something like the fursuit parade or the security shifts at the convention. I know that uh, Renegade, who is essentially my boss on the security team, spends at least two weeks working out schedules and blocking everybody to make sure everything's covered. And then the parade itself, I know that starts months in advance trying to figure out the route and negotiating with the city because, 
there is an outside portion of it so the city can see the fursuiters, and they're always very happy. And we're always very happy to see them. And so... But there's a lot of logistics when you have, like, oh, yeah. a thousand people that uh, who are in big costumes with no visibility in high heat and humidity. Right. You know, uh, like, just things like you have to order a pallet of cold packs. Yes. And you have to make sure there's someone there with water. And furthermore, they have to have straws that will fit inside a fursuit muzzle, <laughs> which, you know, or... And somebody, you know, just tiny things like... Okay, so that a thousand people are not trying to line up at the water fountain, mm -hmm. someone has to fill all these cups in advance yep. kind of thing. Little tiny logistical things you don't think about, but which all need to get done so that people don't overheat and so that everybody mm -hmm. goes away going, that was awesome and I had a great time instead of I'm going to die and I hate everyone. And the and like I said, with the logistics involved, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. You have to order the cold packs well in advance. You have to plan to have enough cups. If you don't have enough cups to hold the water, that's a problem. Do you have uh, – there are hard points for water. That means there's actually plumbed water points in the room where these guys end up. It's great. You know, instead of having to haul in cases and cases of bottled water. Uh, but we also had to make sure we had uh, things where we could replace electrolytes. Because if somebody was really dehydrated, water alone isn't quite going to do it. And you have to have medical staff, mm -hmm. and there's lots of logistics there involving jurisdiction and licensing and whatnot, you know, yep. just so you have someone on hand if somebody gets heat stroke who can take over and do all the things that need to be done without, you know, stepping on people's toes. Right. Toes still get stepped on, but, mm -hmm. you know, people try. And that's, and that's just the parade. That doesn't even talk about the not just the logistics around but the scheduling around we have to have somebody on a particular door to help organize the line for the big charity show right. we have to have somebody more than one somebody at the door of the dealer's room checking badges <clears throat> because we can't just let you know it's a private event we can't just let people in and there's also things like, okay, the concert is here, but through this one doorway is also the way to the stairs down, so we have to set people on it, but we also have to have routes down, which have to be blocked off with, right. you know, uh, curtain uh, drapes and poles and whatnot, and somebody has to go rent poles and drapes. You Actually, yeah, we're renting them from the actual convention center, I believe, for that. Right, but you have to know in advance that mm -hmm. you need them. And, and yep. after however many years we've been doing this uh, at this event, like all the con staff has a much better idea what they need. So it's just like, okay, we need the same setup as last year for this, this, and this. We yep. need to add this. But uh, these are not things that uh, necessarily one knows right out of the gate. And certainly not the first time you're doing what would be considered a big event plan. Yeah. Uh, the thing about planning for the Dorsai Thing event this spring, well, I, I guess, was it technically spring that point in March? It was uh, really close. Who knows anymore? Anyway, the was all those little things that I didn't know that I found out about as I was doing it. And, all right, we have to plan for the rooms, and the rooms have to be paid for, but... You know, these rooms are being paid for by the event, so I have to make sure there's enough money in the event to cover that. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, there's these minimums, and how many people are we going to have, and where's the breakpoint on, okay, we have hit this point number of people, and 
now we may not have enough servings of food for the banquet, right? Uh, it was there's a lot of juggling that goes on, not lots just of moving parts. Yeah, lots of moving parts, not just with the logistics, but also the planning. So it's always impressive that they we manage to pull it off every year. Most of it's practice, and I'm really glad that our abilities grew as the event grew. Yes. Yeah. Someone actually posted to. A mailing list I'm on, I think it was footage of the first fursuit parade that the Dorsai worked, and it was maybe 40 people. It's yeah, it's wild. Yeah, so... It's, I'm just glad I'm not the one who has to handle all of it. And in fact, no one person is the person who handles no. all of it. There are lots and lots of department heads. Yep. Just because if one person tried to do it all, you know, you'd you'd find them in the fetal position gibbering while furniture fell over. Yeah, and even, even on our staff, when I say... Renegade is like my boss. He still has essentially a support staff because he's busy interfacing to the event and he's the buck stops here person and he can't be everywhere at once 24 hours a day. So we have the duty officers that cover their blocks of time and then the group leaders like me who cover areas and blocks of time and often supervise people and you've got you know you have to have speaker to hotel and speaker mm -hmm. to teamsters oh, because yeah. uh, pennsylvania is a union town which is totally fine but uh if it's uh union rules can be extremely nitpicky mm -hmm. and really frustrating for dealers who are like i can see my table i could carry it across here right thing so you know there has to be somebody to smooth over the the issue on both sides yep anyway a lot of moving parts mm -hmm. uh friends don't let friends run conventions no and i'm <laughs> i've every time somebody starts saying well maybe we could do a dorsi thing i just like not it not gonna do it nope Nope, nope, nope. I've done mine, and uh, someone else can run the next one if they want to in North Carolina. All that being said, we had a great time, but... Did we ever figure out what episode this was? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's actually 105. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I think I might have actually started recording in the wrong directory, but we'll figure it out. I, I can fix all that later. We didn't actually get much else done other than the packing, no, the driving. No, we literally left Wednesday, mm -hmm. so we uh, Productivity Alchemy had to be recorded the day before. Yep. Uh, we got back Monday night late, so yep. we've had uh, more or less one day of full recuperation, and during which both of us had to work because yep. Kevin has a job and my deadline is six days from today to edit this huge book that needs a lot of work. Not that I'm freaking out or anything. And it's not like even when you take a day off, you really take a day off. I did Me not take Tuesday off, did nope. I? Uh, no, I fully expected <laughs> you to, and you're like, nope. Gotta go out, gotta write. And I'm like, but, and you were gone. I was going to ask you to bring me lunch. You were already, you were just like, gotta go, and gone. So. Uh, I I spent a lot of time uh, this weekend with people and not in my own head. Right. And uh, if, I, it, it's hard to explain, um, I, I think it wouldn't have been as big a deal if I hadn't had to spend if I hadn't spent like six days not working on that thing, and right. so there was a lot of sort of pent up uh, work ethic. 
<laughs> and also just, you know, I wish to be alone with my brain and the book and no one else is with me here. And it is sort of like solitude, except that occasionally I get coffee from the barista. But I'd yeah. say he's not in the book with me, but actually I did put him in this book. So <laughs> Yeah, so he's there. He's, he's really is. He's literally there, too. But yeah. not, you know, as... <laughs> person exactly as as it were yeah. yeah anyway anyway that's that's really it i'm training in my the group i'm loaned out to at work so i'm basically doing a lot of knock work and learning how things work and function. did you get the email i forwarded to you with our flight info for next week so funny story yeah is delta had already sent me that email and I had gotten it, and then you forwarded it to me. <laughs> All right. So, yes, I got it. And yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we have roughly 10 days between arriving home and then heading off to San Diego Comic-Con, where someone is a special guest this year. Woo! If you happen to see me at San Diego Comic-Con, and I don't know how many of you are going to be there, and if you'll even find me in the madness that is San Diego Comic-Con. The, the crush of crowd, yes. Right. I will have Productivity Alchemy stickers, uh, including the little fail with a heart, because I, I got those. I got a, a new run of stickers in, and it's pretty cool. Uh, we will. I will have two panels, and... Mm -hmm. Hopefully signings after those. I will also, mostly of the time, I'll probably be at the self-wolf table. Yep. Or if I'm not there, they will know when I'll be back. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah. you want stuff signed, or if you want to buy stuff, they'll be bringing some of my books. Uh, mm -hmm. Both, uh, not the kids' books, those you have to go to the Penguin's kids' table for, but they'll have a lot of the T. Kingfisher oh. stuff, because uh, uh, Argyle is sending books to them to take with them, since I'll awesome. be there. So, you know. Yeah. And Argyle and Sofa Wolf basically trade stock like that all the time. Yeah, you know, you yeah. you when you're two good-natured furry publishers who share a lot of the stable, it, it helps to, <laughs> you know, okay, Be you're nice doing this con, uh, can you just take a load of my books? Yeah, yeah. let's do that. Yeah. So. so there's that. Anyway. Anyway, we will have to do letters. Yes. Soon. And before we do that, I'm going to tell you folks that we'll be right back. I see you have a fresh glass of wine. I've opened that wasn't up. fresh. That was the one from before. Oh, okay. I didn't I'm realize. I'm drinking slowly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fine. I'm. Uh, I, I just opened up my my fizzy water so that. This is the box wine from before we went to the con, and I'm not saying it has turned because it hasn't, but it is sharper than it was before we went to the con. So was that the good box wine? This or is the, the good box the good wine. Box wine. I, okay. I have not gone to such desperation that I will try the crap boxed wine. The one that we you panned on the show. On the show, I should cook with that one. You totally should. What can mm -hmm. we have that involves red wine? All kinds of things. I'll figure something out. Okay, I really will. So I have uh, I have a couple letters. Yay! Not very many this month. 
So I will start at the beginning. This is from Keith. As a listener to KUEC and the Hidden Almanac from day one, I have a confession to make. I didn't start listening to Productivity Alchemy until a few months ago. <gasps> I should also probably no, apologize for being a contributor to KUEC several years back. But okay, that's that a you should issue. feel bad about. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I was glad that you were having a good time with your productivity podcast, but didn't think it would be great listening for me. Then a few months ago, I had a minor stress-related freakout at work arising from my growing responsibilities and organizational skills that weren't keeping up. Look, I've been there. Totally been there. After that got mostly resolved, I decided I needed to figure some things out pretty quickly. I had already been using Emacs org mode, yeah, for several years and looked into making that do more for me. I also decided to check out Productivity Alchemy and David Allen's Getting Things Done. I didn't make it very far past the introduction of GTD, Q. Ursula's cry of... It's a cult! But I have been sticking with and enjoying Productivity Alchemy. Less of a cult. (laughs) It's been far more interesting, informative, and entertaining than I ever thought it would be. If anyone would like to make us a cult, we are accepting donations. (laughs) I've only made it through episode 64 so far, so I still have plenty of catching up to do, but I thought it would be better to write you a thank you note sooner rather than later. And you know what? That's fine, because there was a follow-up. I hope you're having a good time at Anthrocon. When I emailed you a few weeks ago, I was only up to episode 64. I'm happy to say I've made it all the way through 104. It was quite a ride, and you I are found... hardcore. <laughs> really? And I've found all of your conversations entertaining and helpful. One thing I forgot to mention in my email is that you finally convinced me to organize my email at work. That alone has made my life easier. I was at inbox zero, although right now I think I'm hovering around seven. Still way better than whatever it was before, though. Keep up the good work. So, yeah, and I recently reorganized my email, too. It's because the folder system I had set up before the before the job. Mm-hmm was not holding up, even on my personal mail. And so I had to, to rejigger things so it worked better for me. It's, it's, mm-hmm. you gotta set things up as they work for you. Yep. And, and uh, Keith, thank you so much for power listening through all of it. I'm, I'm really impressed. My friend Megan from MAGFest was listening to them in reverse order. <laughs> so we get more and more clueless the longer yeah. you listen. <laughs> well, I was I was going to say it, it'll be really it was really interesting when she was listening to the Dino episodes and I've got some more Dino episodes coming up because she listened to them out of order. Mm-hmm. And she so it was it, it so it was a little confusing. Uh but uh, you know, I am very, very appreciative of everyone who has, has listened all the way through. And Keith, I'm glad we could help. And don't be afraid to continue to poke and tweak that system. Uh, I've had to do it more than once. Let's see, from Deborah. Uh, let's see, comment on post episode 104. Oh, okay. I have a couple of things. First, I've talked about the difference between Judaism as it's practiced and it's perceived by non-Jews before and been ignored or corrected. You rewarded my faith, as it were, in you by reacting the way you did. You listened. I literally danced when I heard it. It's a rare thing. Thank you. Look, you know what, Dana? You're welcome. I, I'm trying to be better. I'm learning, and it's a process, right? So, anyway... Uh, You and Dana talked about the need to have space of one's own, especially if you work at home. 
My husband is unemployed and I work outside the home, but this is also something for day-to-day living. My husband has a desktop in his office, but I mostly use my phone and laptop wherever I am, usually the bedroom or the dining room. That is, in our shared living space in our Brooklyn apartment. I had no place for my planning supplies, or even really a good home for my laptop, so I didn't use it much, and planning meant taking over the dining room table and then taking it all back. But over the past year, we've been doing extensive decluttering, and a room full of boxes and piles of books was cleaned out to the point we could put in a desk. An IKEA desk I built myself, in fact. And now I have my own space with my supplies where I need them, and my husband doesn't feel confined to his office, and the shared spaces are the shared spaces again. One of the reasons we've been married 28 years is that we know we need to have our space so together time means more. If you can swing it, it is really helpful. Oh, God, yeah. And yeah. and Kevin and I did okay when we had uh, – we both shared one very large room, but mm-hmm. we, like, built barricades <laughs> of bookcases. <laughs> we did. We did. So that you had to and, – and we always had sort of a sense when you get up and go to the other person's desk, you are stepping into their space. Right. but I And I had to walk through your space to get to my space. Uh, yeah, but not quite so much. No, uh, no, Because no, no. I had the kind of barricade up against the window. It's – and, and I mean – not to get all Virginia Woolf room of one's own thing, right. but you you need to have a space that you can just be like, I am in here mm-hmm. and I am work. Some people do not need that as much. Uh, more power to you. I, Lord knows there were times when I was too young and too poor to afford to have that space. Right, yeah. And I did all of my work pretty much. I mean, there were days I was kneeling on the floor and, or sitting on the coffee table with a canvas propped on the couch. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I could get a a stu- you know a room that I could use as a studio, it was life was better. And if I needed to, I could just go be in that room, and that was my room. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's funny because when I had like my first apartment. The computer was sort of in the living room, was sort of a shared resource until I started running a bulletin board, dial-up bulletin board, and then it became much more of a of that's where the board lives, even though my roommate, of course, had an account would log on and, and whatever. And the same was true of my second apartment, which was even smaller. My third apartment, which was a three-bedroom, and I was sharing with two other people. And so there was my room. There was the living room, kitchen, dining room, which was sort of shared space. My roommates had their own rooms. And then, for whatever reason, this particular apartment had, like, a foyer, except it wasn't. It was almost like a separate room that was attached to the living room that would extend where the hall would be on the third floor. That It wouldn't work anywhere else, right? And so... It was just this little room, and it was had just enough space for two computer desks. And having that space where my bulletin board could live, where my, you know, one of my roommates could live with his laptop, or not his laptop, because we couldn't afford laptops then, and neither could would we have been able to lift them. <laughs> the luggables of the, the late, uh, early 90s, right? Yeah. But... You know, having that extra space to get sort of like the work area away from the living area, away from the sleeping area was huge. And as soon as I, I had the space again, it was like, this is the dedicated computer room. It's right? And if you're in a creative field, um, 
I would say the vast majority of us need space where the other, where someone else is not looking over our shoulder. Yeah. Uh, certainly with writing, I don't really like people reading my writing until I hand it off to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will do that. You know, it's like, I, I mean, these are books I expect people to read, but while it's in progress, I do, I do not want someone reading it. And, uh, my whole life, I was like this. So when I was, you know, nine and trying to write things on the mm-hmm. family computer, if my mother walked by, uh, I my my, for lack of anything better to do, I would throw a pillowcase over the monitor. <laughs> and my mother was like, "Why don't you want me reading what you're writing?" And I'm like, "Cause I don't." Okay. <laughs> and uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, it's it's nice to have space to fail and screw up and have it just be you failing and screwing up and not anyone else watching. Or where you're able to really just get those thoughts together and succeed at whatever it is you're trying to succeed at. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I'm still rejiggering my space for the new job right now. I just added on a... I just switched from a dual monitor thing to a triple monitor thing, and I'm still adjusting to that. All that being said, mm-hmm. uh, this is a a luxury of living in a area with, uh, well, maybe not in Brooklyn, but in most places, <laughs> cheaper available space. Right. Uh, there are certainly areas where people live very tightly on top mm-hmm. of one another, and uh, I imagine you have to develop different coping mechanisms. Right. I don't know what those are. Uh, I'm I'm limited by the fact that you know. We can live in mm-hmm. rural North Carolina, which yeah. with plenty of space. And if I didn't want to be in the house, I could go off to the coffee shop. And if I didn't want to be in the coffee shop, I could go out in the woods. But <laughs> exactly, yeah. And and you did when the coffee shop was closed you, for over the winter. You spent a lot of time writing in the kitchen. Yeah. And but as soon as it was warm enough, soon as it was warm enough, but not blisteringly, I'm going to bake my little brain hot. You were out back. Yeah, in I was, the pergola. On the, the tip away. Yeah. yeah, it was just, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it's it's you can get into really unhealthy social dynamics with your family members if they you know insist on not giving you privacy because oh, you're yeah. family and you need about five A's in there. Uh, <laughs> if someone guilt you for that. That's bullshit. You're a normal human. Normal humans get to be alone occasionally yeah. and in their heads occasionally, and you don't owe anyone else to tell them what you're thinking right this moment. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely public service true. announcement over. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for writing in, Deborah. I hope you're enjoying your new space. So, yeah. And I hope it's effective. I hope it's effective. From Gerald. Hi, Kevin. I'm taking a moment to write from my work laptop to let you know that Productivity Alchemy has been a help to me to ask if I can get a Productivity Alchemy sticker for my laptop and to tell you about my bullet journal. Okay. Uh, For the thank you, I find your show somewhat relaxing and often helpful in advice and finding perspective on work things. Also, as part of my job as a technical sorcerer, a specialized part of recruiting for IT engineering roles, I have to keep a strong professional presence on social media, and I regularly use things mentioned in the show and linked in your notes as material to post. Oh, right. Yeah, I've been seeing that on LinkedIn. So, hi, Gerald. Um, I I will add that... um... (laughs) <laughs> well, I believe I know Gerald from the coffee shop, in fact. 
uh, because he has to maintain a professional presence, he's presumably not retweeting my bullshit. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. I'll watch. Uh, he's um, once I started having the show automatically post the new ones to LinkedIn, uh -huh. like the first person to be liking and reposting it so that the so that his network can see it is Gerald. Oh, awesome. Which I think is really cool. Woo. Yeah. For the bullet journal, I've been using Abujo for about two to three years now. I've devised my own system and prefer to use dot grid paper, circa, with each day on a separate page. And for bullets, I tend to use different shaped boxes, squares, triangles, circles, which I fill in with different directional lines to indicate if I've worked on, finished a task, if I'm putting a task off, if I'm removing it, or if it is something I'm unable to do until something else happens outside of my control. Okay, pretty cool. The shape indicates type of tasks such as personal work, accumulative for work I take calls and keep track of them in my journal, or a subtask. I, that's actually pretty cool. Uh, I tend to use, it's going to sound strange, but I use markdown syntax for that sort of thing, which is a, a formatted way of writing, even when I'm doing it by hand, that uh, allows me to really quickly define the different things. Well, um, you mean like bracket backslash? Not so much like that. It's more like dash indicates a list item, hashtag, or a, a hash would be a numbered list, but those I'll usually do one, two, three, four. Uh, but it's almost second nature because that's what I take my notes in when I'm taking them on, uh, on a computer because it's a formatted structured file format. Anything can read it. And when I decide to put it somewhere else i can just copy paste it and usually the form and the formatting stays with it which is really cool yeah all right uh for the stickers well i'd like one and see you fairly regularly in the coffee shop i was wondering if we could arrange something it, you know what gerald we can arrange something absolutely that's fine i uh, will send some with ursula or something and now that i've got a new batch of the fail stickers in the the fail with the little heart. I'll I'll make sure one of those goes with her too. You you don't have to put fail on your stuff. It's just for some reason people gravitate to that one. They love that one. Uh, <laughs> the I I can set out a stack of of you know here's the fail sticker and here's the productivity alchemy sticker and people sort of look at productivity alchemy whatever they look at the 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 fail sticker they smile a little bit and then they take two. Yep. So, um, so yeah we'll we'll figure. I need to brand those. <laughs> I need to actually have those say productivity alchemy and the URL. That would be next batch. Next batch. I don't. Oh, right. It's uh, apparently raccoon o'clock. Do you need to go chase the raccoon away? No, the raccoon will be right outside the window in a moment. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, no, he's probably wandering around the front yard looking for chicken scraps. Not scraps of chicken, mind you. Lacey bear. Lacey. It's okay. I did warn you at the beginning that dogs would probably make noise. You're a good dog mm -hmm. who is keeping us safe from the murder raccoon who would kill us all in our beds. All right. This is from VR. Uh, dear Kevin and Ursula, I just listened to episode 104, congrats on two years, and wanted to chime in on bullet journals. I totally agree about expectations being a barrier to entry, so it's funny that what attracts me to the concept is making the thing pretty. You know, that is totally okay because, frankly... <laughs> When I was fooling around with keeping them, I was like, this shit is ugly and I want pretty things. I want it to look pretty. Let me put cutouts of, you know, boars and ostriches and stuff on it. Oh, just wait. I am not at all artistic. I don't have a visual imagination. So basically the first thing I did was paste in a printout of Ursula's permission to make bad art. And then I went nuts with stickers. Woohoo! 
We I should really put the permission to make bad art on the website. Uh, uh, yeah, we should. I don't actually use the bullets themselves since my personal life isn't complicated enough to require them, but I play around with the other parts, tweaking them as I go along. And paging through Bujo Instagram is a nice way to pass the time while I wait for the super slow budget software at work. <laughs> That's uh, totally fair. I, I totally browse through Bujo Instagram every so often. Oh. Uh, and But more importantly... Bujo Pinterest actually occasionally comes up with some good ideas. So, you know. I have been known to look at garden crafts on Pinterest, and 99% of the time I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Oh, dear God, no. Oh, dear. Oh, that one's kind of cool. No, (laughs) no. Oh, God, no. Oh, God. Hey, that one's not bad. Uh, God, people do a lot of things to rocks that... Shouldn't be, yeah. The the poor rocks didn't ask for that. So, uh, back to VR's letter. Yes, sorry. Not sure there's a point to this except to note more of the infinite variety of humanity. Also, I think my next one will be Discbound, which is entirely your fault, you cultist. <laughs> as We're ever, a cult. We are, I guess. See, there, it already happened. It already came true. Uh, as ever, love the show. Thank you for taking the time to make it. You're very welcome. We and need a It's a Cult sticker. Okay, yeah. I will... Uh, let, me, let me see what I can do on that design, right? Because that's... I almost think we need a it's a cult sticker and a permission to make bad art sticker. Uh, maybe. Maybe. We'll um we'll figure something out. We'll figure <laughs> something out. In the meantime, I want to say thank you, Keith, Deborah, uh, Gerald, and VR for writing in. As always, we really appreciate your letters. And I that's really it for this month. I'm sure there will be more next month because there's a whole lot coming up in the next month and the interviews I've done. So there's Please that. write us letters. <laughs> it's all right if you know they're angry letters. I'll read them on air anyway. Quite possibly. Oh yeah. Unless and they're just you know straight up abuse, in which case it better be clever abuse. Uh, yeah, there's uh, if it's not clever abuse, jeez, <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> anyway, on that note, we'll be right back after this. There's an orange cat uh, asleep on the chair that I'd knocked over earlier in the episode. And the thing is that while in, in between things, I switched to my slippers and had taken off my socks and put them on that chair. So now there's an orange cat asleep on my socks on the chair. They smell like you. She loves you. Uh, she does. She does. At least she's not climbing on me, cleaning me again. Yes, that is unsettling. I'm well. I fed her today, so I mean, I fed her before the show started. So that we feed them every day, for the record, like several times a day. But yeah, right before the show. Yes. Yes. So there's all that. This week, our badge code is we are a cult. (laughs) All one word, no spaces. If you don't know about our support for open badges, you can go to productivityalchemy.com. And click on the badges menu item, and it will actually... There's a badge how-to that explains all about it. Yay! We don't have 
the spiel every time. Oh, that's been there since the beginning. Just the spiel started to flow and become a part of it. And there's a part of me that's like the back of my brain. It's such a habit is like twitching right now because I'm not going through the whole spiel. It's all right. We'll get through this together. Uh, oh, yeah. So I want to thank Keith and Deborah and Gerald and VR for writing in. You guys are awesome. Everybody else who hasn't written in yet. You are probably also awesome. Doesn't feel the need to write in. You're awesome. And thinking of awesome, I got some stuff coming up that I'm really excited about. I have a whole bunch of interviews in the can, including this thing that Dino and I did while you were in Oregon with your family. I think it was Washington. But Washington, whatever. yeah. Uh, it was a blur for me, too. It was a Pacific Northwest with your family. I'm going to have to edit the crap out of it because the recording itself is something like six hours long. Holy mother of God, you and Dino, man. I know. Uh, my friend <laughs> Crimson, yeah. Jacob Dawson, who's been on the show, was like, you two should just have regular phone calls and not record them because you don't need to do this every three or four months. Yeah, you, you guys can just talk and have, you know. Right. Just, just Well, he's actually, there's uh, an email in my inbox right now from Dino, so that is not related to the show, which is why I didn't read it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's re actually related to the other show where we eat bad food. Oh, God. Anyway, and oh, I talked to a musician last night who wanted me to make sure I told you th how much his daughter loves the Hamster Princess. Aw. So, and I'm sure I will say that again when we get to his episode in a couple weeks. But I've been having a great time talking to people, and I've been having a great time reading your letters. And all in all, it's been pretty cool. So I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, if you see me at San Diego Comic-Con, I should have stickers. I should have business cards with the code. So if you're a badge collector, you can get the I Met Kevin badge. And if you see me, I will have a stunned deer in the headlights expression. Which she always does. Yes, it's These fine. events, yeah, it's and, normal. Uh, but I am looking forward to spending the next few days in my rut. Exactly. My it's a comfortable rut. Beautiful, productive rut. Absolutely. And in the meantime, everybody, until we talk to you next week, stay productive. Woo! We're a cult. <laughs>